Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, March 31st. This week, the 440 brought to you by the 8th Annual J.E. Dunn Hammer Down 5K, all the money benefiting our kids. So come on out this weekend, April 2nd, Saturday morning. Stay in shape. Get yourself some fresh air. And, oh, by the way, help some of the kids of Middle Tennessee. That's hammerdown.raceroster.com. Hammerdown.raceroster.com. It's the J.E. Dunn Hammer Down Race, the 8th Annual 5K, all of the money benefiting the Our Kids Foundation. Don Davenport's going to be out there emceeing. And, of course, the time on this show this week donated by the Kingston Group. Make sure you remember those folks as well. So hammerdown.raceroster.com is the website. We need runners, so come on out. Hammerdown.raceroster.com. So I was listening to Mike Girardi of the NFL Network yesterday talk about how the Tennessee Titans need to upgrade on offense, provide more weapons for Ryan Tannehill. If he was John Robinson and Mike Vrabel, regardless of salary cap and regardless of whose money it is, he'd go out and find some more weapons for Ryan Tannehill. Now, listen, I, I like Mike Girardi. I think he does a good job. So I don't necessarily think that he is guilty of this in this situation, but it is an example of something that does drive me completely bonkers when it comes to fans, and in particular, media, when we evaluate teams, coaches, players, administrators, general managers, all that good stuff. Really, it's bad in college football with head coaches. It's also bad right now for Ryan Tannehill and the quarterback situation for the Tennessee Titans. And that is the media is great. We are wonderful at, at, at diagnosing the problem. Oh, telling you that David Poyle can't do the job anymore as the general manager for the Nashville Predators last March. He needs to be fired. That Jeremy Pruitt is terrible. We're, we're great at diagnosing the problem. The Tennessee Titans need more weapons around Ryan Tannehill because A.J. Brown and you know Robert Woods have dealt with some injuries. And that is a very valid point by Mike. It's a smart, it's a smart point to make. Hey, the Titans probably need some more weapons. What I'd like to hear from our media and fans as a result is to provide solutions for these problems. If you think the Titans should go out and get another wide receiver or a tight end or a backup quarterback, tell us how. Tell us who. Tell us where that could happen, how that could happen, how feasible is it, how possible is it, what would have to happen for that to happen. If you wanted to fire David Poyle last March, my only complaint to people who screamed for his job was, give me the guy you think is going to do better. If you want to fire a head coach of a college football team, which we all do every single day of the year, provide some answers to who you're going to go get that you think is definitively better. That That is my, my one of my biggest critiques with how we cover teams and how fans treat their teams. We can all scream until we're blue in the face from the top of every mountain at every cloud in the sky that XYZ is broken and it sucks. I hear a lot of radio show hosts in Nashville do this. If you're going to do that, that's fine. I respect that. You probably are right. Give me some solutions, though. Sh show me the name or give me the fix, if that makes sense. And I think we can do this. I think we can be better. If I'm going to say, hey, look, I think so-and-so should be fired, I then should be able to, as a radio host or a podcast host or a talking head on TV or a writer, be able to give you some options that I think would be better. If I'm qualified to tell you somebody is terrible, then I should be qualified to tell you that someone is good. And that goes for media and for fans. I think we can all just be a little bit better when it comes to how we converse about some of the problems we have with our favorite teams. It is Thursday, so we welcome Josh Ward to the show from WNML in Knoxville at Josh underscore Ward on Twitter. Uh, Josh, let's get started with spring practice. I, I am not a huge spring practice guy. I don't Love all the reports. Uh, I think a quarterback battle is really important. And I think, you know, building culture, cliche, cliche is really important. If you had to try to describe to fans what, what is the most important thing people need to know about this spring practice for the Tennessee Volunteers, what would it be? 
Yeah, I don't think it's culture because I think that's been established and people are really happy with where that is. I don't think it's quarterback development because the confidence is high in Hindenhooker and should be. So I think we can start to look at position groups and I'll go up front. So this is both sides of the ball. It's where you win games in the SEC. You have to replace key players on both sides, like Matthew Butler on the defensive line, Cade Mays on the offensive line. So how good of a job is Tennessee doing with that? Now, that comes back to it's spring, and you have to try to figure out what am I hearing versus what is happening. But on the defensive line, examples would be confidence that Elijah Simmons, if he's healthy for a season, can be a difference maker. Same with Amari Thomas, who was a highly touted in-state player just a few years ago. And then on the offensive side, you have a Florida transfer in Gerald Mincy. Is he ready to be a starter? And that affects what you do with Darnell Wright as you have other guys coming back. But, uh, you know, the confidence, no matter who's out there at wide receiver, is going to be high, I think, because of Josh Heupel. And same at running back and same even at quarterback for the most part. But, you know, you have Hinton Hooker coming back. So, Braden, I would say, what do you have up front? They need to develop that this spring and this summer to be where they want to be with higher expectations this fall. You know, I was, we talked about this on, on one of my other shows about sort of spring power rankings. And I think it's kind of interesting that Tennessee's probably an upper half team in the SEC right now, but, but they're probably not much higher than maybe about that midway point. How, how would Vols, if they were ranked six, seven, eight, something like that in the SEC, would, wouldn't Vols fans feel that that's pretty complimentary to their program right now? Six, yes, seven, maybe eight, probably not. <laughs> you start to get into the disrespect game. And, Either way, if we're talking five, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe, there's probably not much of a gap from one number to the next, right? It's a matter of, okay, well, what does Kentucky do uh, from last year to this year? Where is Florida now with the first-year coach? I mean, we have coaching changes that affect this conversation, but we wouldn't have had this conversation a year ago. So to me, that does show the progress that's there. While there's still more that needs to be proven, and the first month of the season, when you play Florida, if we're sticking just to conference play, you get that opportunity because that's a team that you'll be compared to. And then along the way, uh, you know, South Carolina's going to get some buzz this season. They want to make a jump as well. So we can go back and forth here. So th the fact that Tennessee is making a really good case to be in the top half and it's easy to justify, that shows the development. And then ultimately it's going to be decided by how well you do year one to year two because – no matter what the the outside ranking would be, the the inside expectations from the program and from the fan base very high. Yeah, no no question about that. Um, uh, last a couple of weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago, and, and maybe and maybe one less family member ago, I asked you about was Tennessee baseball on the radar for people in Knoxville yet? And now they are number one in the nation by more than just one poll. They've swept one of the best teams in the SEC, if not the best team in the SEC, in Ole Miss. They've swept. Uh, other series they've I think they're like 23 and one but they're coming to Nashville to play Vanderbilt how big of a series is this for people in Knoxville how much are people paying attention to it and how good is this baseball team relative to the last two years I think it's a big deal going in this weekend against Vanderbilt like here's a comparison just from a couple of weeks ago while people were into it and uh, you know, when they opened up play at Lindsey Nelson Stadium there were good crowds so there was a carryover from last year but I don't know what percentage of fans could have said, yeah, the SEC series openers against South Carolina. That was just two weeks ago. Now so much talk is about the number one team in the country. It's a consensus ranking, getting ready to play Vanderbilt, which everybody knows is a big-time program in the SEC, and obviously it's inside the state. So there's going to be a big buildup. Now also two weeks ago, the attention was on Tennessee in the NCAA tournament in basketball. So there's some of the justification, but tournament's over for Tennessee basketball and for the Lady Vols. And 
football spring practice is only going to generate so much conversation when there's not an orange and white game to look forward to going to see. So you have some recruiting talk, but you have a lot more baseball talk with what Tennessee did against Ole Miss. And that's part of it too. There were storylines with it. There was the Lane Kiffin aspect. (laughs) There were all the runs being scored. You have hundred mile an hour fastballs all over the place from Tennessee's pitching staff. So you have the personality, you have a coach that fans love and Tony Vitello and you have big time results in a justified number one ranking. Now fans want to see it keep going. So there's a lot of anticipation. People are going to be streaming. They're going to be watching and some will be trying to get to Nashville to go to that series this weekend. Are they better than last year? I mean, I know they lost their two top pitchers basically in preseason. Are are they better than last year or even the year before? I think so. Uh, And that's why um, I look at this start and I, I expected a slower start, but the pitching staff being able to lose a couple of key arms and now start to get them back with Tidwell returning. It has a chance to grow into a better pitching staff because of what they have during the weekend. And now some tough, good decisions for Tony Vitello to have to make because of the depth of the pitching that they have and a lineup that is maybe more versatile than we would have realized with the pop, the ability to send the ball out of the yard, but also put up a bunch of runs, even if you're not hitting the ball out of the park, which Tennessee did Saturday against Ole Miss. So versatility of the lineup, uh, yeah, Evan Russell moving to catcher and then depth of the pitching staff. You always knock on wood with injuries considering they've already occurred in some ways, but I think this team, yes, could be better also because of the experience they had last year getting to Omaha and believing yep. rightfully so that they could do more this year. Yep. No question about it. A little baseball talk here for the Tennessee Volunteers. Josh, always a pleasure, man. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward WNML in Knoxville. Always, uh, always nice to talk to you, my friend. Thanks, bud. You got it. Thank you. Thank you guys all for listening. Of course, Make sure you check out all the other great shows from Broadway Sports Media, VandySports.com, of course, The Gold Standard with Adam Vingen covering the Predators Club and Country, covering Nashville SC with Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan. We'll have Ian Ayer on the Lamestream Sports Podcast, the president of Nashville SC, coming out on Friday. And, of course, Fringe Element, we did a deep dive into the brain of Lane Kiffin. You're not going to want to miss that. That's Fringe Element. Make sure you check out all those shows across the network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Thursday, March 31st. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.